1 Corinthians uh, 15 and 57 is where we're going on this morning. 1 Corinthians uh, 15 and 57. Glory to God. Anybody love his word? Oh, we love his word at kingdom. 1 Corinthians 15 and 57. It says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory. How many know you already got the victory? Amen? You already have the victory because of what he did for us on the cross. His death, his burial, his resurrection. But it says we have the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always. Somebody say always. Abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Today I want to preach a message called Stick to It stick to it. Let's pray. Father, we honor you this morning. We thank you how you already moved through worship. We just ask for these next 35 minutes that you speak to us through your word in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Look at your name and say, stick to it. There are times while we are walking with God that we get hit with different things. Can I get a witness up in here? Amen. We can talk about your BC days all day long before Christ. We already know you was a hot mess back then can I get a witness because I was a hot mess too but let's talk a little bit AC days after Christ we all have hit different walls can I get a witness we've all gone through different things matter of fact all of us in here even since we've been saved have had what I call a human moment come on somebody when you didn't just went off cuss somebody out can I get a witness up here anybody gonna shame the devil to, 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 and tell the truth <laughs> Matter of fact, put up John 16, 33 real quick. John chapter 16, uh, uh, verse 33. John 16, uh, 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 it says, this thing I have spoken to you that in me you have peace in this world. You, have, you will have tribulation in the world. You will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. But let me read that one more time. Uh, uh, this thing I have spoken to you that, that in me you have peace. How many know you have peace in him? He said in Isaiah 26 and 3, he even said, I'll give you perfect peace whose mind has stayed on thee. But the perfect peace is all connected to you keeping your mind stayed on him. Even Philippians chapter 4, verse 7, he said, I'll, I'll give you peace that surpasseth what? All under what? Standing. And it said that peace will what? Guard your mind and your heart. One translation even says that it doesn't say guard. It says that his peace will keep your heart and your mind. How many of you know it's him keeping you? If it wasn't for the peace of God, you would have had a nervous breakdown. Can I get a witness up in here? If it wasn't for the peace of God, you would have blasted somebody. Can Anybody going to be honest on this morning? You would have went off because I don't care how saved you are. You still got two people in you. Pastor, I'm saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Shut up. We already know that that sounds cute, but you still got another person in you. Can I get a witness up in here? Listen, I am pastor still. Yes, I am. But Reggie is still alive and well. I don't know about you, but I'm trying to keep him dead every day. Can I get a witness? Anybody trying to keep that old man dead? <clears throat> because there are certain things that can stimulate that joker. Can I get a witness? Amen. I'm glad we all on the same page. That means we don't have a legalistic spirit in here that think you got it all together. Because if you think you got it all together and you're standing on corners and praying, the word of God says there's your reward. Mm -hmm. You got a chance to tell everybody you pray and fast and you intercede. Jesus said there's your reward. No, he said you go into your secret place 
and pray. And what did he say? I'll reward you what? God wants to reward you openly. Amen. So we know in this world we will have tribulation. Put up uh, uh, Romans 5 and 3 real quick. Let me just lay a quick foundation. Amen. Because at the end of the day, we know as believers we are not exempt from tribulation. Amen. Matter of fact, it says, and not only that, but we, we, we glory in tribulation. That word glory means that we boast, we brag on how our Heavenly Father is going to bring us out on the other side. So it says not only that, but we, we boast, we, we brag. That's what that word glory means. Then it says in tribulations, knowing uh, that tribulation produces perseverance. So the only way that you can get to a place of persevering is that you have to be willing to go through tribulations. Next verse. Then it says, and perseverance, character, and character hope. Anybody you know that's got good character is because they've known how to persevere. They've known how to stick to it. In other words, we got to stick to the cause. What's that cause? Walking this life out and serving our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's not always easy. That which brings me to my first point. Go back to 1 Corinthians uh, 15 and, and, and 8 real quick. It says, uh, my brother, uh, uh, beloved brother, uh, be steadfast. Somebody say steadfast. The word steadfast means to be loyal, to be committed, to be faithful, uh, to be dedicated, to be dependable, reliable, uh, steady. We got to be steady when it comes to serving our Heavenly Father. I like this. The word even steadfast means to be true. You need to be sincere about God, amen, and how you serve Him. Then it means to be constant, amen. In other words, you even need to be dependable. Then it also, I like this, the word steadfast means to be firm and unwavering. We have to be firm, and I like this. Here's Paul. He's talking to the church of Corinth, and he tells them, listen, in verse 57, he already tells them, you already got the victory, but now I need you to be steadfast and unmovable. Amen. I need you to get some thick skin. I don't need you walking this earth with marshmallow emotions. Come on, somebody. He needs us to be steadfast. He's looking for somebody that will be loyal, somebody that will be committed, somebody that will be faithful. We always talk about going to another dimensions and going to another levels, but are we ready for the satanic attacks and the demonic attacks that come with that level? Sometimes we need to be careful what we ask God for because sometimes when God takes you to that level, sometimes you need an oxygen mask to even stay there. Sometimes you can get to certain levels premature. You'd be like, I, didn't, I thought I was ready, but I'm really not. I ain't been through enough hell to be ready for this level. Because guess what? A lot of times your next level is, is, is predicated on how much hell, how much opposition you can take. We talk about God turning my opposition into opportunity, but do you really want that? Matter of fact, look, since we in the Bible, look at this real quick. Interesting scripture real quick. Look at this. Since we're in 1 Corinthians 15, uh, 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 matter of fact, go to 1 Corinthians 16 and 9. It says, for a great an effective door has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. God, I want you to open up a door for me. For real? Are you ready for the adversity that comes with that level? Are you ready for the adversity that comes? Now that that door has opened, listen, I could have kept having church in these tents that we used to be in. Come on, we had a tent in Avondale that held about 415 people. We had another tent in Scottsdale that hold 325. 
Then we had our other Phoenix location that held probably, I think we had 485 chairs on the floor. I got tired of preaching in tents. You feeling me? So guess what? I had to be like, okay, God, open up me a bigger door. And I knew the adversity that would come when you walk in a building like this and they tell you out the gate, you're going to need a million dollars to renovate it. That's adversity. Oh, pastor, it's just take faith. That's easy for you to say because you didn't have to have the faith when we walked in here. When I walked in here, these pink, this carpet was pink and these, these pews was pink and they was ripping all over the place. And we stepped over a couple of rats over there in the back area. Y'all good now. We got rid of them. Don't, don't run out the back door. See, y'all weren't here when we had to tell homeless people you got to leave because we're getting ready to renovate the place. You can't sleep here no more. We love you. And we know the Bible says the poor will always be with us, but that's by choice. Because 2 Thessalonians 3.10 says if you don't work, you don't eat. And we'll give you a food box, but you ain't about to be sleeping all over here and, and yearning all over the place. See, that's called behind the scenes type of ministry. That's called being in the kitchen. That's why y'all just need to be in the restaurant. You don't need to be in the kitchen because sometimes we cuss in the kitchen. We talk about intense stuff in the kitchen. You feeling me? We talk about different things in the kitchen. I'm sorry. See, see, they walk out to you, they give you your few food all cute. <laughs> anything else, sir? Ma'am, anything else? But in the kitchen, they're like, you better give me this asparagus. You better hurry up and get this spinach. These people have been waiting. Hurry up and give me that pumpkin pie. They've been waiting for a minute. And the reason why I know this is because there's a chef that used to attend our church, and I had to go see him. I had to go drop something off to him at one of the kitchens that he was running. And I watched him yelling and screaming as they, was, they, were, they were actually uh, feeding over 500 people. He was in there going in on those people. You better hurry up! I was like, wait a minute, this is not the brother that I know. Because that Sunday, he'd be like, how you doing? Bless the Lord, oh my soul, all that's within me. You know how we know all the Christian needs. I'm blessed and highly favored. No, you're going through hell all week. Come on, somebody. <laughs> oh, but it's different when you're the spiritual chef in the kitchen. I need my stuff to get done or she's going to get fired. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I need you to be steadfast, amen, because where much is given, much is required. I believe that goes for all of us in this building on today, where much is given. Come on, because he has given you a ministry, because we're all ministers. Come on, in the vineyard. Come on, somebody. So guess what? We got to be steadfast. We got to be unmovable always. Somebody say always. Abounding in the work of the Lord. We got to get so consumed with God that we don't give in to the enemy. We don't give in to that adversity. We don't give in to that tribulation. Why? Because a greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Look at your neighbor and say, don't give them place. Don't give them place. That's why we got to be steadfast. Put up Ephesians 4.27. It is so important that we get caught up in the work of God. If not, we will, we, the enemy will have a field day with us. It says, nor give place to the devil. Let's not give him place. Well, pastor, how do I do that? We got to get so consumed with him. Every day we got to ask him, Lord, give me a steadfast spirit. 
Lord, give me a loyal heart, a faithful heart. Come on, somebody, because we're human, and there's times we are running on fumes. That's why I'm preaching this message, because there's only nine weeks left in this year, and I want you to have some spiritual momentum going into the next year. I want to see you finish strong, glory to God. And how do I finish strong, Pastor? You got to be steadfast. Somebody scream steadfast. You got to be steadfast. You got to be loyal. You got to be faithful. You got to be unwavering. So, Pastor, you mean to tell me when I get hit with tribulation, I still got to be steadfast? Yes, you do. Glory in what? Tribulation. Put up James 1-2. James 1-2 real quick. Look what it says. Again, we are not exempt from tribulation. It says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into trials. Because there's going to be seasons in your life where your faith will be on trial. And that's a good thing. It says, count it all joy because God is trying to push you to another dimension. He's trying to push you to another level, but you got to be able to handle opposition. And based on the level of opposition that you can handle, God can take you to the next level. Amen. He wants to open up doors, but with that open door is adversity. Didn't we just read that? There's adversity that comes with that. It says, a great and effective door will be open to me, but then this says... And there are many, not just one, it says there are many adversaries because you guess what? The enemy wants you to ultimately sabotage your destiny. And then a lot of times we let trials make us bitter and not better. We have to allow what we go through to make us better. Pastor, I'm in the midst of a setback even as you are preaching today. That's a good thing because you're going to make the best of your setback. You're going to show God that you're faithful in your setback. You're going to show God you are committed in your setback. Do I got anybody in this building that's ever been through a setback and you still came to church? You was in the middle of a setback and you made up in your mind, I'm still going to hit my knees. You were in the middle of a setback and you still woke up in the morning talking about she called about Somebody give God a praise in this But don't forget your setback is a setup for your come up. I thank God for every setback that I've been through. My setbacks have made me who I am today. Somebody need to give God a praise in this place. If you know your setbacks made you have more character, it caused you to persevere and keep fighting a good fight of faith. Do I got any fighters at the 930 service? Somebody need to give God a praise one more time. Setbacks are necessary. Walking with God ain't going to always be easy. It wasn't easy for Jesus. Come on, somebody. It wasn't easy for Daniel. Come on. It wasn't easy for Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego. It was not easy for Apostle Paul. All these men had to go through hell, and that's why Paul is telling Timothy, listen, you got to be steadfast. Or he's telling the church of Corinth, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Let's look at another steadfast scripture. Look at uh, Psalm 57 and 6 real quick. Look at this, Psalm 57. They have prepared a net for my steps. <laughs> this is David, I love David. David says, they have prepared a net for my steps. How many know there are people out there that have prepared a net for you? Don't want to see you go to another dimension. 
It's called that crab uh, barrel mentality. They only want, they, they, if you're going up, they're like, well, why I ain't going up? You better get away from people with that mentality. Get away from people that just tolerate and cremate you. Get around folks that celebrate who you are. So they have prepared a net for my steps. My soul bowed down. They have dug a pit. So not only did they prepare a net, but they prepared, they dug a pit before me. In the midst of it, they themselves have fallen. See, some people will prepare a pit for you and they'll fall right in that pit. Come on, somebody. I remember one of my employees had some leverage on somebody. And they held out for over 60 days with this leverage. And they finally brought this information to me. So I had to fire the person. And then I said, I got to fire you too. You dug a pit for them. I said, but you held on to this information for 60-something days. And then you waited for them. You and him, you and her getting an argument. All of a sudden, you want to come to me and tell me what she did. But I'm going to fire you for even holding on to that information for 60-something days. So both of y'all then became a cancer. God let both of y'all go. Because I've read a book years ago. It's called, if you ever get a chance, buy this book. It's called, Who's Holding Your Ladder? You better make sure the right people are holding your ladder. See, on Sundays, I'm painting a picture. And I don't need nobody that's shaking the ladder. Because I'm trying to paint a picture at 8 o'clock. I'm trying to paint a picture at 9.30. And I'm trying to paint a picture at 11.30. And one of the chapters in the book called, Who's Holding Your Ladder? It says, hire slow and fire quick. Well, Pastor, you just couldn't just hang in there with them? No, my ladder had been shaking even before they did that. Been shaking. And see, you can only go as far as the people that's holding your ladder. In other words, who's upholding you? Who's encouraging you? Come on. Who's breathing on your vision? Oh, you better hear what I'm saying on today. See, this word is sometimes it's tough for people to swallow. This kitchen type of stuff. But if you want to go to your next dimension, you can't get there by yourself. You better make sure you got the right people in your circle. I believe there's even somebody in this building. Your circle is about to shift. You better get around some people that's sharp. Somebody that's got your answer and not your problem. Matter of fact, you better get around folks that's a lot smarter than you. Even this week, I had lunch with a gentleman been pastoring for 32 years. Then my spiritual father was in town this past week, and we sat out and had food, and he 35 years in. That's 67 years of ministry combined to my 10. Amen? That's why I told you, I don't run with folks that's 10 years old. What they going to tell me? I need somebody that's got some longevity in this. I need somebody that's been steadfast for a long time. My spiritual father said, all you got to do, Reggie, is keep outlasting the enemy. I don't know about you, but that was a revelation to me. That was a right now word for me. So I made up in my mind that in order for me to outlast the enemy, I got to stay steadfast. I got to stay loyal to God. I got to stay dedicated to God. I got to stay faithful to God. Do I got any steadfast people in the 930 service? Nudge your neighbor and say, stay steadfast. Stay steadfast. Now look at the next verse. So they didn't prepare the net. They didn't prepare the pit. For David, but this is what David said. My heart is steadfast. Even though they prepared the net for me, my heart is steadfast. Even though they've not only prepared the net, but they've prepared the pit, I'm still loyal. I'm still faithful. I'm still committed. I'm still unwavering. Oh God, my heart is steadfast. He says it twice. I think he was even assuring himself. Come on, somebody. Even time you got to say something twice, you trying to convince yourself. Can I get a witness up in here? 
Come on, somebody. Anybody going to tell the truth? Come on. Anybody going to shame the devil? Sometimes you got to say it twice. That brother said, I'm steadfast in spite of the opposition, in spite of this setback, in spite of my enemies that have prepared a net in the pit for me. I'm st- my heart is steadfast. Oh, God, my heart is steadfast. I will sing and give praise. Boy, I don't know about you. I had to sing my way out of some stuff. Anybody ever been there? I can't even sing that good. Amen. But I know how to say no weapon. I know that sounds horrible. Come on, somebody. That's why I'm going to keep my day job and keep quoting these scriptures. Come on, somebody. But every once in a while, you got to tell the devil in this blow on his face that no weapon. <laughs> it won't work. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Can I get a witness up at the 930 service? Uh-huh. Look at your neighbor and say, it's not going to work. Uh-huh, because of the one that lives on the inside. I'm too anointed, appointed, and approved by God to give in to the enemy. I'm going to remain steadfast, unmovable. Do I got the unmovable people at the 9 third? Somebody need to give God an unmovable praise. Somebody give God a praise. Look at yourself and say, it won't work, it won't work. Uh-huh, because the enemy has strategies, but it won't work. Because a thousand will fall at my side, ten thousand at my right hand, but it will not, it will not, it shall not come die unto me. Somebody need to give God a praise one more time in this place. Somebody scream, it won't work, it won't work. It won't work. I'm too steadfast. I'm too unmovable. I'm too deep in it now. Uh, Paul said, I'm persuaded that nothing will separate me from the love of God. Paul said, I don't care what's going on in my present. He said, in my future. Paul was not backing down when it came dealing with the enemy. I told you last week about boldness and how boldness means to be frank. We got to learn how to be frank with the enemy. Paul let it be known, I'm persuaded. Even in the midst of hell, I'm persuaded. In the midst of my setback, I'm still persuaded. I need $493,000 to buy this building, but I'm still persuaded. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I'm persuaded. God got this. Just like he got your bills, he got these bills. Can I get a witness up in here? But see, if we learn how to take care of his house, how much more will he take care of your house? See, steadfastness will get you blessed. Put up Psalm 92 and 13. I'm going to move on to the next point. Psalm 92 and 13. I quote this every Sunday at the end of every message I preach. But it's worth putting up on this. It says, those who are planted. Another word for planted is the word steadfast. Those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall what? Flourish. You want to flourish? You got to get planted. You want to flourish? You got to be steadfast. Then it says, you shall flourish in the courts of our God. Next verse. I like this right here. This is for all my older people. They shall still bear fruit in your old age. The last thing you need to do is write yourself off. Pastor, I'm 53 and I think it's just over. You young, shut up. The woman of God said, I know that's right. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 
shoot, if you 70 up here, you better be like, I'm young. I shall live and not die to declare the works of the Lord that my best days are still ahead of me. You better have a Caleb anointing. Shoot. 45 years later, Caleb, Caleb got his mountain. Why? Because he was steadfast. You shall bear fruit in your old age. They shall be fresh. Fresh and flourishing. Oh, all the old people should be. Oh. Fresh. Overflowing. Favor. Success. <laughs> but look at that. You're going to bear fruit in your old age. Then it says you're going to be, shall means without doubt. You know what that word shall means? And you can look it up. It even means that he's indebted to us. When he says, I'm the, I'm the, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He's saying, I'm indebted to you. Because you've done everything that I've told you to do. You've been steadfast. Now, if you've been lukewarm, that's a whole different ball game. I'm talking to the steadfast folk. I'm not talking to the wishy-washy folk. Because you got still some things that you need to tighten up. You need to make some adjustments in your life. Because guess what? The promises of God come with conditions. But, the, but his love is unconditional. In other words, you can be stuck on stupid and parked on dumb, and he still loved you. Remember in your dark place, he still loved you? Remember when you was crazy, he still loved you? Come on, remember when you were schizophrenic and he... Come on, we was bipolar. Can I get a witness up in here? All of us had a chemical imbalance. Come on, because the enemy was written space in our head. Can I get a witness? But Philippians 2 and 5 says, let this mind be in you. That was also in Christ Jesus. Put that up. Some of y'all looking at me fine. Oh, thank you. Y'all already ahead of me. Let this mind, let this mind, let this mind. In other words, you got to have a mind shift. In other words, you got to turn over your mind to him so now you can put on the mind. Then you start having a different outlook. You begin to see things on a different level. You begin to see things as he sees them because you and me are his offspring. Well, you better know who you are. And whose you are. You got to see, I think a lot of folk, the reason why a lot of Christians get tore up from the enemy is because they don't know their rights. <laughs> you got rights now that you are in the kingdom of God now. Stay steadfast. I'm, I don't want to get off task. Let's go to this number two thing. I think we hammered that one home. Mm-hmm. But let's go to the number two. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Let's go to verse 1. Now, this is Paul talking to Timothy. Look what he says. You therefore, my son, it's Paul talking to Timothy, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Next verse. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. I like that. He's saying, get you some steadfast folk. Remember, the word steadfast means to be faithful, to be loyal to be unwavered. So he's telling Paul, listen, tell, Paul's telling Timothy, go find some faithful people that can teach. Mm -hmm. Next verse. Then it says, you therefore, this is him talking to Timothy still, must, somebody say must. Must means it's a necessity that you endure hardship. One translation says hardness. You got to be able to endure hardness as a good, so there it is right there. Y'all are just, I'm my God in heaven. King James Version, endure hardness uh -huh, as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. 
My second point is this, that in order for you to stick to it, you got to ask God to give you stamina. Somebody say stamina. It takes stamina to be able to withstand the enemy, to be able to fight the enemy off, to be able to fight off opposition. Come on, somebody. Amen. To be able to fight your adversary. Amen. Look at this. The word stamina, it means uh, staying power. Somebody say staying power. In other words, I can't move. Yeah, I got more bills than money, but I can't be moved. I'm going to keep looking to Philippians 4 19 because he said he'll supply all my need according to his riches and glory. So the word stamina means staying power. I like this. The word stamina means determination. It means tenacity. It means perseverance. I like this. The word stamina means to have some grit. Listen, I go to the gym about five times a week, and I do what they call this thing called the Stairmaster. Anybody ever done the Stairmaster? That thing is of Satan. Can I get a witness up in here? I get on that Stairmaster. I don't get off of it until I do three miles. But it takes a level of determination to pull off those three miles. It takes a level of grit because there are times when I get to two miles and I can feel fatigue coming. And there's times I want to quit. And I even got to remind myself that Galatians 6 and 9 says to not grow weary in well-doing. Even though I'm weary, I got to keep it moving. I got to be steadfast. I got to have stamina. Because I got to preach to these people at 8 o'clock. I got to preach to these people at 9.30. I got to preach to these people at 11.30. So it's going to take a physical stamina. But today I'm not talking about physical stamina. I'm talking about being mentally tough and having mental stamina to be able to withstand stuff. I'm talking about having a mental toughness, having a level of stamina to be able to handle opposition and mess and chaos and confusion. Anybody been down that road, the road of confusion? I call it the hallway of hell. Come on, somebody. But in the middle of going through your hallway of hell experience, you make up in your mind, I'm going to be steadfast. I'm going to have the stamina that I need because I see the light at the end of the tunnel. So I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight because Hebrews 11:6 says that without faith, it's impossible to please God, but he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So I'm going to seek him until I find him. Somebody scream stamina. It takes stamina. It takes a level of mental toughness that when you got more bills than money to not have a nervous breakdown. And then your transmission went out the same week. Come on, somebody. Then your wife call you and tell you she blew a tire. Come on. Oh, man, come on. Sometimes you just got to go. <laughs> Devil, I see you. Romans 8.31 says, if God be for me, who can be against me? You better have some spiritual ammunition. Else you will, if you're spiritually bankrupt, you're done. You better have some Bible on the inside of you. That's why we blessed to have these phones. Can I get a witness? When I'm at the barbershop getting in arguments with folk, all I got to do is pull my phone out. See, it's right here. And then the whole barbershop get quiet, and they be cutting hair. See, I, I told you he knew that pastor. He know everything. <laughs> no, I know somebody that know everything. And I hooked up and connected to him about 19 years ago. Glory to God. No, I don't know everything. 
Romans 12, 3 says to not think more highly of yourself than you ought to. I know how to find it, though. I can quote most of it, but if I can't quote it, I will find it. Anybody have to find it? <laughs> Gonna tell me in the barbershop, God don't want you to have no money. I said, oh, no, 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 Ecclesiastics 10 and 19. I didn't have to go find that one. Oh, Ecclesiastics 10 and 19. Put it up. It says, and the feast was made for laughter. Wine makes merry, but money answereth everything. Amen. He got quiet. Then I took him to Genesis, put up toward Genesis 26, and I believe it's 13. Look at this. I took him here, then he, they really shut up. Genesis uh, 26, I believe, in, in 13. I hope this one is right. Yep. The man began to prosper, and he continued prospering until he became very prosperous. What can, how, what, what's your rebuttal? And then look what he did. This is why he got, became prosperous. Look what he did in verse 12. This is why he was blessed. Look at this real quick. Then Isaac sold. Then Isaac sold. Your seed will equal prosperity. Your seed will equal harvest. Your seed will equal favor. Your seed will equal success. Oh, don't get me started. <laughs> Let's get back to stamina. Stamina. Let's look at somebody else that had stamina. Go to Matthew uh, chapter 4, verse 1. So we see, he tells Timothy, you got to endure hardness as a good soldier in Christ Jesus. So he was telling him, listen, Timothy, it ain't going to be easy. Dealing with folks ain't always going to be easy. Dealing with haters ain't going to always be easy. So he told him, you got to be able to endure hardness as a good soldier. But then let's look at Jesus. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit. Now, this ain't this evil spirit. This is the Spirit of God, capital S. It says, then the Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness. Because before God can use anybody, he got to have you go through a wilderness experience. The word wilderness means a dry and desolate place. Because God can't take you from Egypt to the promised land. He got to put you through the ringer. So when you get to the promised land, you will appreciate him. Why do you think I appreciate this building? Because I was having church in tents. Now, God then gave us this place that can hold 1,473 people, amen? So I'm appreciative, but I had to go through a wilderness called a swap meet. So y'all missed all that on January 2nd, 2005. Metal chairs, wilderness, having to set up and break down for three years, eight months, and two days, wilderness. I'm grateful that we could just come in here and hit some switches. Come on, somebody. Hit a couple of AC units. Come on. No, no, let me get on. Let's not forget how we was in this building from New Year's Eve all the way through June with no AC. Somebody scream wilderness. Well, we was all walking out of here like this. That was a word from pastor, but I'm tired. Girls, you feel how hot it was in here. How you think I felt? I almost died up in here. Come on, somebody. Shoot, one Sunday, my wife had to tie my shoes. I couldn't even bend over. I was, oh, try to do the Lord's work, Jesus. We need some AC up in here. We need $323,000, Lord. And he came through. Did you hear what I said? 323000 So don't come up in here. Somebody was complaining. It's cold in y'all church. Shut up. 
When little Richard said, shut up. That's what I'm going to do. Don't be coming. It's cold, Pastor. Don't even. You better bring a blanket then. Ah, we was too damn hot up in here. Can I get a witness? I'm oh, You better get up. Well, you better get up off me with all that. You better appreciate this coolness up in this. I told my wife, I'm glad she hollered at you and not me. I would have had a human moment. <laughs> oh, let me get back to my tub. See what y'all done made me do. Got me reminiscing. <laughs> somebody scream, it's a new day. And we got some air up in this joker. Come on, somebody. Shoot. You see, if you weren't here during that season, you can't appreciate it. But those of us that suffered, come on, somebody. Sometimes you got to suffer with them in order to reign with them. So we got too many people that want to reign with them, but they don't want to suffer. They don't want to go. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to go through it. Through what, pastor? A wilderness. I don't want to go through a wilderness. Well, take another lap. You ain't ready. The children of Israel took 40 years worth of laps. That was only supposed to be a 7 to an 11-day trip. Most theologians believe they were 7 to 11 days away from the promised land, depending on how fast they was walking. 40 years. In other words, you can put a delay on what God want to do by not just going through your wilderness. Go through your wilderness. Look at this. He, he, the Spirit led him into the wilderness to be what? Tempted by the devil. What is temptation? Temptation is Satan applying pressure to the flesh. Anybody been there where you just like, you trying to live for God, but then you just feel this thing like, you all right, just go ahead and get you six mad dog 2020s, get the edge off. You know where that dope man number, you still got his number on the phone. Go ahead and call him. You're going to be all right. They make it illegal everywhere anyway. Anybody feel that? You like, Jesus. I was delivered. But. <laughs> it's called temptation. It's called pressure. Mm-hmm. Then it's next verse. And when he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights and afterward, he was hungry. Next verse. This is Jesus, y'all. Now, when the tempter came to him, don't think the tempter ain't going to come holler at you. Don't think you've been exempt because you saved now. It says the tempter came to him. This is Jesus. This is God in the flesh. Then it says, and if you are the son of God, command these stones to become bread. Look at Jesus' rebuttal. But he answered and said, it's written. What a lot of people don't know, the reason why he said it's written is because Jesus was quoting Deuteronomy 8 and 3. So he says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. In other words, he was like, mm -mm, I'm not going to turn that rock into bread to prove who I am. Sometimes you ain't got to prove nothing to nobody. They need to be able to see your fruit. Amen? I don't have to be, you don't have nothing, I don't have nothing to prove to nobody. Next verse. Then it says, then the devil took him up into the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple. Next verse. And it says, and he said to him, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down. 
for it is written, uh, he shall uh, give his angels charge over you, and in, 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 in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a uh, uh, stone. This is the, 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 the devil tried to twist the word, but look what Jesus' response was. Jesus said to him, it is written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Listen, I can get on top of this building and jump, amen, and I won't die. But I'm going to show break something. So guess what? I ain't going to even tempt him. And he's such a good God, I might come down with a scratch on my ankle. Maybe. <laughs> I'm going to take my chances on one of these pews. Did you hear what I just said? <laughs> I jump on one of them. Come on. <laughs> so there it is. Again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and he showed him all the kingdoms of the world. Isn't that just like Satan? He took him and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory because there's a level of glory that they experience. They go through a lot. Some people want to go through seasons where people validate them, stroke their ego. So he said, I'm about to raise you up, Jesus. Come on. He says, I'm going to give you the kingdoms of the world and their glory. Hugh Hefner. I believe the devil made a deal with him and said, listen, you're going to be able to walk around in your robes. Oh, y'all didn't got quiet on me. It's so quiet, you can hear mice licking ice. Y'all like, this man and brought up Hugh Hefner. You better believe it. Because I believe the devil said, come on, come here for a minute, Brian. Uh, you can't serve God, but... I'm about to have you walking around with robes. In your 90s, you're going to have women in their 20s. They're going to be just falling all over the place for you. But I need you to make a deal with me. I need you to worship me, though. And I'm going to give you all that. Look at that. Look at all that cocaine and heroin over there. Go ahead and be seated. Look at all these women. Look at all these houses and these cars. I'm going to give it all to you. But look, what this, this, is what, this is what it was going to cost him, though. Look, look at this next verse. This is what it was going to cost. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Don't you bow down to the enemy and compromise who you are. The devil is a lie. Somebody scream, no compromise, no compromise. Nope, I'm going to be steadfast. I'm going to keep walking in this stamina that God has given me. But look at that. He says, I, I, I. then it says, and then Jesus, no, go, go ahead, go ahead, keep going. It says, and then Jesus said to him, away with you. He checked him. He rebuked him. Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and, the God, and God and him only, shall, only you shall serve. Here's Jesus quoting the book of Deuteronomy again. Listen, I remember when I first started the church, there were some people that had this pastor uh, salvation where it was like, they worship me. I had to tell some people early on, don't worship me. Honor me, but don't worship me. Yes, I'm the senior pastor of the house, and there's a level of honor that you give the set man of the house because you need to honor his office. But at the end of the day, I don't need nobody worshiping me. I will disappoint you. Ask my wife. I still ain't convinced about laying down on some grass with a blanket. I'd rather go and eat at, come on, I'm trying to go to Macayo's. Where my men at? Oh, y'all ain't gonna eat. Oh, they. <laughs> my men like pastor. Let's take them to uh, Papa those. That's work. 
Oh, this thing got quiet up here. Y'all men, just keep looking straight. Don't respond. Don't. Because I don't want y'all to get in the car and your wife be like, so you didn't take me on no picnic? Are you like pastor too? No, you sorry, baby. Whatever you want to do. <laughs> I don't need no hell breaking out in here. Come on, somebody. And the car arguing over a blanket. Come on, somebody. And a picnic basket. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Next verse. Then the devil left him. See, if you quote the word long enough, the enemy will leave you. You begin to tell the devil, it is written that Isaiah 54 and 17 said, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. You tell the devil, it is written that in Isaiah 59 and 19, that when the enemy comes in like a flood, he said, by his spirit, he will lift up a standard. You better tell the devil, it is written. Romans 8, 31 says, if God be for me, who can be against me? So the devil left. And behold, an angel came and ministered to him. Now, this is interesting. Now, this is man that's full of steadfastness and full of stamina, but even he needed ministering too. He was distraught by the time he got out of this trial. Remember, this was his own personal wilderness. And then he didn't eat for 40 days and 40 nights. Some of y'all can't go four hours. Y'all laughing hard up in here because y'all looking at like he got to be done in a minute because 1130 service and we about to go to Olive Garden. About to hit up this uh, 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 uh Red Lobster. Can I get an amen in the house? <laughs> I bet you he did need somebody to resuscitate him. We all need somebody to spiritually resuscitate. You better make sure you got the right people in your life that you can call on that can spiritually resuscitate you. Now, this is Jesus being tempted, but he had the stamina to endure. He had the stamina to fight the enemy off. Now, go to Joshua chapter 1. I could go in somewhere else, but I'm not. I can, but let's go to the last point. Joshua chapter 1. My last point is this, people of God. Number one. In order to have a stick to it mentality, you got to be steadfast. Number two, you got to have stamina. Number three, you got to be strong. You got to be strong. The word be strong means to be sturdy, to be fit, to be powerful. I like this, to be secure. To be secure. Because all of us have had bouts with insecurity. Amen? Even when God called me 10 years ago to be the pastor of this church, you don't even understand the insecurity that came. Because I was used to being a two-man. I was used to making sure that my man of God uh, hospital visits were done. I made sure that if people needed to be encouraged, he didn't have to worry about none of that. So going from the second chair to the first chair, it was a transition. And this is literally what Joshua was going through even right now. Because Moses is dead. Now all of a sudden, he's got these big shoes to fill. So he had to be strong. And God reiterates that to him. Look at this. It says, and after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord came to him, uh, to, uh, came to him, to, came to pass that the Lord has spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun. Moses' assistant saying, look at this. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, I need you to get up. That's what he said. Arise. I need you to get up, go over this Jordan, and you and all the people to a land which I'm going to give to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I've given you, as I said to Moses. From the wilderness, there's that word wilderness again, and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the rivers of Euphrates, all the lands of the Hittites, 
and the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. I know God wants to give you territory. I believe that what we're sitting in is our territory. Amen? Next verse. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Next verse. Be strong. There's that word. Be strong. I need you to be secure, not insecure. I'll never forget when we were nine months old. I've been preaching Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday. We hit nine months old. I looked at my wife and I said, honey, I think we got to go back to being deacons or elders because I ain't got no more messages in me. And she looked at me. She said, Negro. And my wife don't even talk like that. You know, she, she black, but she white, though. But <laughs> so she don't talk like that. You know, she's very proper. That's why she balances me out, praise the Lord. Because I still got a lot of in me. Pray for your pastor. <laughs> so my wife, she said that. All of a sudden, I perked up in the spirit. I said, yeah. Because what if she would have panicked with me? Oh, my God. Then you got two insecure pastors. But she said, listen, you got thousands of mess. She said, you got stuff you ain't going to even get to that you got to get to your sons and your grandkids to preach for you. All of a sudden, I'm like, yeah, where my Bible at? I walked in here today with about four messages, not knowing where I really was going to go. You understand what I'm saying? But what happens is the spirit of insecurity come knocking on your door again. That's why the word strong means to be secure. That's why he had to tell Joshua, Joshua, just as I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. I just need you to be strong. I need you to be insecure in what I've called you to do. We got to be secure in what God has called us to do. Put it up real quick. Be strong. Be, be, be of good courage for, for, for to uh, these people. You, you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to your fathers to give them. Next verse. Only be strong. He has to reiterate it twice. Because sometimes God has to say things twice to us to convince us. Have you ever had to say something to yourself twice to convince yourself? Like when you had more bills than money and you had to say, God got this. But you had to say it a second time. God got this. Then you had to say it a third. God got this. Then you had to say it a fourth time. Can I? Anybody going to tell the truth? God got this. By about your eighth, God got this. You believed it. Come on, somebody. He had to tell them again, be strong. Be secure. Be courageous. I need you to have courage, Joshua. Don't sabotage what I want to do in you and through you and for you. Be strong. Be secure. Then it says, observe, do according to the law, which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right, to the, to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper. Next verse. And whatever you do. How many you know you are prospering whatever you do? Because the word of God says you will, whatever you, whatever you do, you will prosper in it. Amen. Next verse. 
Then it says, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. We got to be eating the word. We got to meditate in it day and night because when we eat the word, it makes us feel secure. When we eat the word, it makes us more steadfast. When we eat the word, it gives us more stamina. Then it says uh, that, that you may observe to do according to what all that is written in it. For then, for then, somebody say then, you will make your way prosperous. And then look what it says, and then you will have good success. So I say all that to say that if you remain steadfast, if you keep operating in the spirit of stamina, if you stay strong, you will make your way prosperous and you will begin to encounter success in your life. I declare and decree success over this ministry. I prophesy that over everybody in this 930 service that as long as you remain steadfast, you're about to experience success on a level you've never experienced it before if you received that this morning somebody need to give God a praise in this building come on if you receive what God has said through me you need to put your hands together come on somebody do I got any planet people in the house because planet people prosper planet people experience success I decree it in the name of Jesus come on and give God a 15 second praise in this building you need to praise him for what he's about to do in your future. I prophesy success, that you're wired for success, that success is all around you. Not only that, but it's on you. If you believe success is on your life, somebody need to give God a praise. One more. Go high five six or seven people and tell them success is on you. Success is on you. Success is on you. Success is on you. I don't care what the devil is trying to tell you, but success is on you. I prophesy success. I prophesy favor. I prophesy blessing. All you got to do is stick to it. All you got to do is be steadfast. All you got to do is keep walking in the stamina of God. All you got to do is be strong. Eyes have not seen, nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things that he has prepared for them that love him. I believe favor is looking for a place to land. Success is looking for a place to land. People of God, let's remain steadfast. Let's keep arming ourselves with spiritual stamina. Let's make sure that when we're between the rock and the hard place that we remain mentally tough. Fight your way to your next level. Be strong. When Joshua shifted into Moses' position, they took the territory. God blessed him. And it's a shame because there was only one original Israelite with Joshua. His name was Caleb. See, Caleb was steadfast. Caleb had that stamina. He remained strong. He held on to the words that Moses said. Even as I come before you and speak, my words should carry weight because you know who's speaking through me. Take what you hear. Arm yourself with it. I'm telling you, this stuff works if you work it. I've seen it in my life these 19 years. I've seen God do some miraculous things. In my, I'm still scratching my head wondering, Lord, how did I get this much favor? I've never been to seminary. I'm untrained and uneducated. 
what he said, but you've been steadfast. You've shown me stamina. You, you've been strong for 19 years. That's why I've been able to blow on your ministry. I believe God's getting ready to blow on your life like never before. I dare you to implement these three things I went over today. Watch what God begins to do in your life. Not only in 2015, but in 2016. I believe somebody's getting ready to step into a new chapter in their life. I prophesied in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I prophesied new dimensions and that you will be able to handle that dimension. You will be able to handle that level. In Jesus' name, bow your heads. Father, we thank you for the word today. Seal it in our hearts, our minds, our spirit. Maybe you're in this 930 service you've never given your life to Jesus. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. If that's you today, if you're in this building, you